I've been practicing medicine for over 25 years and I've seen it. The world is hurting, people are sick, and even with our greatest scientific discoveries and technological breakthroughs, trends in health are not getting better. We weren't designed for this. This world as we know it, it's not our home. But there is a remedy. Our Creator designed us to be resilient creatures, and He's given us clues in the scriptures that have dramatic implication for our lives today. Let's talk about biblical prescriptions. Let's take a serious look at living as God intended. Are you ready? Let's get well, and let's go home. Welcome to the Biblical Prescriptions for Life podcast presented by HeartWise Ministries. I'm your host, Nick Evanson, here with Dr. James Markham, author of the seven-week Bible study, Biblical Prescriptions for Life. On today's program, we're going to be discussing blood clots and medications that affect them. Dr. Markham, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. And I don't want to date this, but we're now in the month of September. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have had a lot of big storms come through. Just the other night here in Tennessee, we had quite the rain and and wind and thunder. And remember, we were doing a seminar in Houston, Mm -hmm. and the weather was great there. Yep. We had some great days in Houston, and then now they're all flooded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's flooded, so I'm just glad we aren't there. Now, Now I'm afraid that where we're at now in Tennessee... That we're going to have, was it Irma that's coming up? Yeah, uh, it's passing through the Caribbean right now, and it's, it looks like it could go over the whole Florida Peninsula. Yeah, so we'll have to be praying for people that they they you know they, they do well. And I see all these natural disasters. It's scary. Yeah, you wrote a, a newsletter on our website uh, for people who subscribed to uh, talk about service and the hurricane. What's, what's yeah. the relationship there? Well... Recently, um, there was, well, not recently, but over the, over the years, we've noticed that people that serve other people do better in health. Mm-hmm. And um, it reminded me, I saw all the people, the outpouring that's helping with Hurricane Harvey now and right. you know, helping each other and probably is going to happen with Hurricane Irma and everyone to help each other. There's been some studies done that show when people serve other people, mm-hmm. they do better. You know, they live longer, they have less inflammation, their blood pressure goes down, they're happier, less likely to get infections. Right. They yeah. just do better. We also found out things like being married. People that are married live longer than people aren't married because, hmm. you know, they have someone to serve, someone to love. Um, I've noticed that my elderly patients, people that have dogs, you know, they frequently do better. Mm-hmm. So, so there's something about taking care of, learning, and loving. And I think God gave that way back at the very beginning. You know, he gave us, you know, he didn't have to give us animals to take care of. He didn't have to give us an earth and plants to take care of. Right. He could have, you know, he, we could have just sat it on a cloud all day and strummed a harp, you know? <laughs> yeah. But no, he gave us some purpose, something work to do. Um, serving other people, taking care of things. Um, You know, he gave a spouse to Adam. So these are all biblical prescriptions that have real physiology. So in that article, I wanted to point out that, you know, we're sorry that people lost their homes and, and, and a few people lost their lives. And it's definitely destroyed their way of life right now. Mm-hmm. But just focus on some positive things. We have people coming out and serving each other, helping each other. And that's something positive we can look forward to. And for those out there that are listening today, I want you to focus on being positive as well. You know, being positive is important. It's, it's okay to be positive. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to take trips. It's, it's about moderation. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to get in excessive of anything. And I, a patient was coming in the office and, and I said, well, you know, one of the things I like most, what do you do for fun? 
You know, if they can't answer me what they do for fun, that worries me a little bit about maybe they're not well balanced. Mm -hmm. And that's going to tip the teeter-totter over to the stress side of things, which tips me over to more chronic disease, Mm -hmm. more symptoms. So it's okay to have fun and do some fun things. But, you know, you don't want to, you know, live a frivolous life all the time. Now, I understand you have a beach trip coming up. That should be fun. Well, we'll see what the beach is like. I don't know after this hurricane what's going to happen. Would you cancel your trip if if it goes through or you're you're still going to go? Well, we'll we'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh, We were going to go to the Florida Panhandle, so we'll see obviously this is a few weeks after the uh, yeah. the hurricane is going to come through possibly so we'll see what, oh, what which direction it goes to yeah. yeah but we're definitely you know uh it's kind of difficult to think about going on vacation when all these people that live down there are facing possible destruction. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're going to we'll see what happens. Play it by ear by play now. It by ear, yeah. but, but the point is, it's good to have time away. It's mm-hmm. good to do things. It's good to have the balance. Yeah. I found that when I have time away, it it gives me ideas. I think better. You know, I, I have create creativity. Remember, your mind is working on things all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the big um, things that I recommend everyone is is the first thing up in the morning is have your worship. You know, the first thing, ask God to be a part of your life, to, to take hold, to send the Holy Spirit in, to create in you this new mind, this fertile mind. Right. So when seeds of truth are planted, guess what? Your mind is ready to receive them. If you remember the, the the story in the Bible about the sower, remember the sower? Mm-hmm. He, yeah. you, know, he, you know, the sower is someone that, moves forward with truth, um, the person that, that, that the ground is really our minds. Are our minds receptive to truth? Right. And I found out, at least for me personally, when I asked the Holy Spirit and God to take control of my mind, to sit on the throne of my heart, to forgive me and make me right with the Heavenly Father first, up front, and they, they put a couple text into my hippocampus that's working all day long in me. It just makes my day go so much better. I feel like my brain is in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stressors in the world, I know where I go to answers. It's right there. I don't forget about it. Right. So that's what I want to encourage everyone to do um, is to, when they rela- when they start their day, ask God to be a part of it. Get, have that worship right up front. There's real chemistry that's going on that. And currently at HeartWise, we are working on studying worship and what it does to the physiology of the body and um, just very excited but we have yeah. a lot of uh, we better get some questions I'm, I'm, I'm di- di- diverting here yeah that's right well you make a very good point you know we were made to live in relationship right whether first relationship with God and then with our family and friends but also relationship with people that we don't even know mm-hmm. uh, who we can serve and then we get we get benefits that's not why we do it yes. but we do experience benefits that, in doing that that's, that, a, that's an important point and that was the point of the whole blog that we, yeah. we wrote this week yeah. so uh, it's something to people that that is a biblical prescription for life yep yeah. Okay. So we were yeah. going to get on to blood thinners and, and clotting issues today. Oh, yeah, today. man. So. Everyone in the office the last, seems like last few weeks, I've had so many questions about blood clots and blood thinners and all sorts of questions and confusion. You know, you see these commercials and, mm-hmm. you know, this one's the best. No, that one's the best. And then they right. say, oh, by the way, it can cause this, 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 and this. Um, you go to one type of doctor and they say, oh, never take that. That's rat poison, you know, or mm-hmm. someone say, well, if you don't take this, you're going to die. Right. You know, so you get all sorts of different um, viewpoints on all this. So let's let I know you did some of the things that, that have come through. You've sort of written down. So let's sort yeah. of work through that list. Yeah. Well, let's start off just by, uh, you know. There's probably a lot of healthy people listening to this that yes. maybe have never dealt with blood thinners or clotting issues or, or anything like that. 
what are the conditions okay. that cause clotting issues and require Great. blood okay. thinners and such? Well, let's make this real simple. Blood clots are not good, okay? Mm-hmm. If blood clots um, someplace, that part of the body becomes damaged and usually it doesn't get enough oxygen. For instance, if blood clots in a vein, okay, well that's, you know, the, you know it can cause some pains, you know, like a varicose vein, mm-hmm. but sometimes if the clot's big, it can move someplace in a more dangerous location. A blood clot in the leg sometimes get moved, pumps up to the lungs because it's traveling the system of the veins. The mm-hmm. valves are pushing that clot forward. If it gets in the lungs, they call that a pulmonary embolus. That's mm-hmm. potentially dangerous. Right. Some people that sit for many hours on planes or doing web webinars that don't move their legs enough or or, or that that are that are in bed all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, when when veins don't the valves don't move blood tends to stay still when blood stays still it clots right so vein you know so that's one type of clot um, if a clot gets in an artery you know that's the artery that carries the flesh the fresh oxygen before it goes to the tissue remember mm-hmm. the veins bring back the wastes gets rid of the oxygen the oxygen picks up this carbon dioxide that the cells make right but the blood in the arteries takes the oxygen to the cells so if you get a clot in those arteries, then all of a sudden something gets blocked up and you don't get enough oxygen to that part of the body. And the muscle would starve yeah. from oxygen, or, right? Or how about this? What if a blood clot goes to the brain mm-hmm. and the brain doesn't get enough oxygen? You have right. a stroke, yep. right? If, it, if, if a blood clot goes in an artery in the heart, you could have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. If, if a blood clot gets in, in, in the ventricle, which sometimes it does in a weak heart, and it gets pumped out, it can go anywhere. Right, yeah. So, so those are common conditions that cause, you know, different organs that carry blood can become damaged. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, they have a blood clot. One of the most common causes of blood clots is a condition called atrial fibrillation. That's where the top chamber beats like this. Okay. And it doesn't beat rhythmically. So when something doesn't beat rhythmically, guess what? The blood doesn't move through as well. It can form a clot. So basically circulation is very hampered when mm-hmm. it goes into AFib. Exactly. And you, the blood doesn't move through. It can form a clot. If you have a clot and the clot's pumped somewhere, especially to the brain, mm-hmm. you can have a stroke. Right. That's devastating. If a heart's weak, let's say you've had a heart attack and this part of the heart doesn't pump very well, blood can actually pull down there and form a clot there. And then later the heart can pump it out to any organ in the body, right? including the legs, any organ. Sometimes we see trauma to an organ causing a clot. You know, you get hit in the leg and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that can cause a blood clot in the leg. And usually that's in a vein. So those are common causes of blood clots, but other things are some people are born with clotting abnormalities. Okay, okay. they don't make the chemicals that it takes. And some people are bleeders. Some people make chemicals that clot the blood, and there's certain chemicals, you know, factor five, seven, nine, ten different factors that affect how the blood clots and how it doesn't clot. Some people have medical conditions that make the blood clot more. One of the conditions that does it is just being dehydrated. You know, okay. if you're dehydrated, the blood is, is thicker. Mm-hmm. Thicker blood, more likely to clot. Right. So if you have a condition that predisposes you to clotting and get dehydrated, that raises your chance of having a blood clot. So let's say someone develops a blood clot in their leg, per mm-hmm. se. Mm-hmm. Is it likely that it's going to, if it's going to go somewhere, it's going to go somewhere immediately and cause a problem? Or could it stay there for a sometimes while? Sometimes it stays there. You're right. And sometimes okay. there's no predicting it. Sometimes it stays there and we call that a deep venous thrombosis. Mm-hmm. And we would give 
put that person on blood thinners to help get rid of the clots and prevent more from forming. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it goes somewhere, it usually goes up to the lungs and gets, and that's called a pulmonary embolism. And people right. get very short of breath when they have that happen. Mm-hmm. So a symptom of that would be pain in the leg, swelling in the leg, things of that nature would have that. We were talking about other things besides immobility, besides some of these things that cause clot, clotting abnormalities, cancers. Cancer tends to make the blood clot more too. So we found mm-hmm. that people that have cancers have blood that clot more. So there's numerous different situations that cause blood clots. And unfortunately, when a blood clots and clogs up a tube that carries life-giving blood to an organ, that's pretty bad news, Nick. So yeah. I hope that you know gives it sort of an overview of blood clotting. Now, sometimes yeah. it can be genetics, you know, hemophilias or people that bleed too much. Um, they don't have the correct clotting factors. Some people have, you know, too many clotting factors. Some people don't, don't have enough clotting factors. And the, the specialist that deals with this in medicine is called a hematologist. Right. So sometimes if I can't figure out what's caused the blood to be abnormal, I order some factor studies, still don't know. We have to send them to a hematologist who can do some either further testing to see why we have these abnormalities in the clotting factors. Right. So now blood thinners, medications, yeah. those are the primary treatment for blood clots, yeah. right? And really it's according to what you're dealing with, you know, the strength of the blood thinners. In the old days, when a person had a heart attack, we used to give the most potent ones at all, one called streptokinase and TPA. Those are very, very powerful blood, you know, breaks up clots, but they were very, very risky too. Okay. So if you had a weak blood vessel or bleeding in the body, it was a big problem. Right. The second line of blood is for people like a pulmonary embolism, atrial fibrillation, um, valves, and we frequently use um, pill forms called Coumadin. They've got some new um, new ones out there. Ones called Xarelto and Eliquis and um, Pradaxa. All of them work in a little bit different ways. Those are a little bit stronger blood thinners. Um, there's mild blood thinners like aspirin's a blood thinner. Mm-hmm. After we put a stent in, we use some blood thinners that block platelets. One's called Pravix, another one's called Berlinta. Lots of different ones out there. Um, there's many different ones we use depending on the medical condition and also depending on the risk of the patient. If a patient has problems with their kidneys, we might not choose a blood thinner that works through the kidneys. If they have problems with the liver, we might pick a different blood thinner. Um, if they have bleeding, of course, woo, if they have active bleeding, we might not ever put them on any type of blood thinner. Right. Um, but if they have maybe just mild bleeding and they have to have a blood thinner for a short period of time, we might do that. The hardest cases we get, Nick, is what would you do if a person that had a, a GI bleed and also had a clot that developed in the lung. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, right. These are tough situations. What do you do in someone that has atrial fibrillation at a high risk of stroke in a weak heart, and they fall down all the time? Right. You know, and there's a risk of that. So these are some of the constant dilemmas that we're under, Mm -hmm. and everything is about risk versus benefits. And we have these discussions ongoing, um, you know, you know, you know, well, you know, I had a patient today that is 92 years old mm-hmm. and they had atrial fibrillation. So we had to talk about, you know, the risk of the blood thinner, the stronger ones versus right. the risk of aspirin versus the risk of doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And then explain the risk and benefits. Usually in that situation, if, the, if I think they're fairly safe, they're not anemic, I will give them a short 
run of it and see how they do. Mm-hmm. But right. we have to do constant monitoring, make sure it's safe, make sure they're not falling, make sure they're not bleeding, make sure the other organs that metabolize those blood thinners aren't are working correctly because the last thing you want to do is give a blood thinner and have the kidneys stop working and then that blood thinner build up so a little bruise becomes a huge medical problem yeah because i guess the risk you're talking about with them falling down yes is that they would get a cut or or start bleeding somewhere even internally and then bleed Mm -hmm. out essentially because there's no clotting i remember several years ago i was taking care of a lady that I'd taken care of for, for 10 years, and she was in low 90s, okay? And she was a little confused, never had a stroke, mm-hmm. had the atrial fibrillation under pretty good control, but she kept bonking her head. She kept mm-hmm. falling down and bonking her head, bonking her head. She couldn't hold herself upright. Even right. she had gone to an assisted care, so she kept bonking her head. Mm. I stopped the blood thinner. Within four months, she had a big stroke. So you feel horrible when that happens, but I would have probably felt worse if she bled into the head. Right. So yeah. sometimes there's not great answers, and that's why I'm on my knees constantly asking God to to help me with some of these big decisions. And also families have to do that too, because a lot of times the doctors say, "Well, here's the risk. What would you What would you prefer?" And then they say, "Well, what would you recommend?" <laughs> right. So it sort of goes back and forth. But these decisions, these big decisions with blood thinners, requires lots of communications, risk and benefits, and close follow up to see what's working and what's not doing, especially as patients get. Older, yeah. Now, what are some of the side effects that may be experienced from medications yeah. such as blood thinners? Remember, blood thinners in them itself, um, the stronger ones like Coumadin and Warfarin, they don't cause bleeding. Okay, but if you're bleeding, they're accentuated. Right. A little blood becomes a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you through the 30 years that I've been practicing how many times I find out cancer by putting patient on a blood thinner because they're losing microscopic amounts of blood, either in their bowels usually, Mm -hmm. could be in their urine. They don't even see it. And then when I put them on the blood thinner, all of a sudden, oh yeah, I'm pooping out black now. I'm I'm urinating and it's red. Mm -hmm. And I said, that is not normal. Right. Okay, let's look and see what's happening. We find a small tumor that's infiltrated a tissue and there's the microscopic blood that's now becoming a lot of blood. Mm, right. So I've diagnosed quite a few colon cancers by putting a person on a blood thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's different, um, so, so the blood thinners, the main risk they have is bleeding. Now, of course, any medicine can get you sick at the stomach or you know have funny feelings, but that is the main one is it accentuates little amounts of bleeding. You have to be very careful not to fall. Um, you know, people that shave have to be careful. Bruising, right. frequent bruising, especially if they have weak skins. Also, the blood thinners interact with other things too. Um, if you take certain herbs and supplements, the blood thinners can get really, really high in the body. So, you know, the, the thinning capability of the body is a lot. Now, if you're on blood thinners therapeutically, usually you can stop the bleeding with direct pressure. Mm-hmm. But if it, the levels got way high, it's much harder to stop the bleeding. I've remembered putting pressure on a, a bleeding spot for 40 or 50 minutes sometimes wow. to stop bleeding in an artery. Yeah, That's why whenever you're in the field, you want to do some first aid, you see bleeding, what do you want to do? Apply some pressure. Right. Yeah. That does numerous things. That, that sort of plugs up the hole a little bit, mm-hmm. but also lets the blood organize its clotting factors, whatever clotting factors is left. Now, remember right. the blood yeah. thinners have blocked some of those, whether it be factor 10A, 2, 7, 9, 10. It's blocked some of the blood clotting cascade, but it doesn't do it completely. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So you still can clot. It just sometimes takes a lot longer. Right. And that depends on the complex physiology that we have. So really, the main side effect is the ones you get from any medics, as well as the bleeding. And that's really dependent on the fall risk and things of that nature. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier uh, that, that some people call blood thinners rat poison yep. or whatever, and they, they just don't want to take the, this medication. What are the alternatives for folks that, that don't want to take a pill? Well, you know, and it's according to what the problem is. You know, sometimes if you just need a mild blood thinner, like a baby aspirin, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people can eat a real healthy diet. You know, greens have the substance that aspirin's made from in it. So you eat right. a lot of greens, yeah. avoid fatty foods, drink more water. Sometimes that must suffice. Mm-hmm. That won't work for more complex blood clots in the legs that can travel, heart right. valves that are metal that, that throw off blood clots, mm-hmm. um, hearts that are weak that have blood clots in them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work as well for that. Um, but for some milder cases, you can you know, you know, use some natural substances. There's many natural substances out there. The problem I have with the natural substances, anything we put in our body um, can have a chemical reaction. Right. Some of these natural blood thinners might work but they haven't been studied. So we don't know the dose, we don't know all the interactions, and since they're not regulated, we don't even know if the active ingredient is in the substance. And the FDA does not regulate some of these natural substances. So you have to be very careful with what you're treating for it and what what you know about the substance to begin with, whether it's safe to use some of the natural substances out there. One of the ones I hear about the most is one called natokinase. And if it's if nidokinase is there, it does thin the blood, but we don't really don't know how much. We don't really know what conditions are appropriate. We don't really know exactly what dose to give. That hasn't been sorted through. But right, the old yeah. standby warfarin, which was originally used as a blood thinner to kill you know, rat poison, so to speak, mm-hmm, yeah. um, that has been studied very re- well. We know how much to give. We know the margins, how often to check it, those type of things. So everything we put in our body has a risk benefit depending on what we're trying why we're giving it in the first place. Right. Now, how would you identify as a, a patient that you had a blood clot? What, how does that yeah. manifest itself? Well, for instance, if, if you all of a sudden your, your fingers are turning blue, that could mm-hmm. be a sign that you had a blood clot in one of the arteries. Okay. If you have a leg that's getting painful and swollen, that could be a blood clot in the leg. If all of a sudden you can't breathe and you're breathing fast, you could have a blood clot in a lung from a pulmonary embolism. If it goes to the head, you might have stroke-like symptoms, and that might be weakness in, in part of the body, a facial droop, not be able to talk, mm-hmm. not be able to think well. The brain doesn't work well if the blood supply is disrupted. Right, right. And that can happen in anything. In the eyes, some people have transient blindness um, as a manifestation of a blood clot. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have bowels not work as well as a blood clot in the bowel. And, and you know, some people in the in the toe, a toe will turn blue. You right. Know? Yeah. Sometimes it's very subtle these things that happen, and that's what the doctors have a bunch of tests, ultrasounds can look. We have ways to scan inside the body to look for blood clots. So do you ever get a patient who just really doesn't want? Maybe you think they really would benefit from a blood clot uh, medication, but they really don't want to take it. What do you tell these folks? Every single day I get this. And, yeah. and, and I've, I, I, I try not to get upset. I say, listen, everything is about risk and benefits. But usually the one I treat is for atrial fibrillation. And I go, I go you can certainly take nothing. You can take aspirin or you can take a stronger one. But stroke scares me more than bleeding. Right. And let's say we start a blood thinner and we're monitoring it and we find out that it's too risky. We can certainly stop it. Mm-hmm. But if a person has a stroke, 
boy, that's that's hard to overcome that. You don't yeah. get that back. So I explained right. now I had several people through the years say, nope, I don't believe in it. And some a few have done well. A few have not done well. Yeah. You know, if you have had strokes and you, and you well, you know, but you gave them all the information that you can, you pray about it. But some people, the belief systems are so strong that they just can't do it. And we just give them the best information that they can and they can read about it, give them information on the Internet and what others are saying. I'm not the only one to say this. Right. And I, when I talk to people, I said, listen, I'm not authority. You know, I, I just have these my knowledge base, which is constantly changing, but get other people's knowledge. But the most important thing, if any of you lack knowledge, ask God to help you. Right. Ask God to guide you to the right solution for you. Ask him to guide you to the right people that you trust. And whatever you do, do it safely. Do it carefully. Keep your eyes open and have lots of prayer. Right, right. Sounds like some good advice there, Dr. Markham. Anything else we need to talk yeah, about with well, blood if, clots? If, they have blood, if you have specific questions, go to our website, heartwiseministries.org. Go to the Ask the Doctor, and I can That's maybe right. get a little more personal if you have a personal question, or if you have a question that you want us to talk about on the webcast, they can let yeah. us know. And if you have a question for the podcast, go to the website, biblicalprescriptions.com forward slash podcast, and you can submit your question there, and we'll try and cover it on a future episode. Yeah, and you know, this is a very deep, complex subject. And I just wanted to touch some of the highlights that are out there, but specific questions, ask questions, learn more. This is your body. But I just want to encourage everyone, you know, ask the ultimate physician for help. He's going to take care of you. You can depend on him. He's going to help you know. And it might not be where you want to go, mm. but it might be where he leads you. That's Every right. day, Nick, I get um, the, the Holy Spirit asked me to do things that I, I was, I'm not necessarily comfortable. I'm going to give you one example before we go. Okay. I was in the hospital yesterday. And a guy was in there that had tried to kill himself eight times, mm. okay? And this time, he had methamphetamines in him and alcohol in him, and he wasn't the nicest guy. Yeah. And I said, you know, why do you keep trying to kill yourself, you know, six times? And, you know, why do you do this? And he says, well, I don't want my wife to leave me. And um, he said, did it work? He says, yes, she's still here. And I go, well, that's not the best way. I said, but I don't think you're... Your symptoms are from your heart. I don't think we need to do any more testing. And, and I sort of left the room. Yeah. But as I left the room, a little voice said to me, you know, you didn't teach him anything of value. Yeah. That person needs to hear something more. Get back in there and do what you know is right. And really, this guy, I really didn't want to do it. You know, I didn't want to do it. But, but you know, I'd ask Christ the Holy Spirit to lead me in all things. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to that voice. I'm going to obey that voice. It's something I don't want to do. I'm going to go in there and do it. Yeah. So I went back in that room and said, listen, you know, I know things have been rough on you guys, but let me tell you where you might, you know, where, where the answers are. I go, turn your, you know, turn your life over to, to God, to Christ, accept him, learn about him, let him transform you, mm -hmm. give it a try. Yeah. You have nothing to lose by doing that. And, and can I can I say a prayer with you? So the guy let me do that. And then I left the room and I said, well, thank you for, for letting me go back in and do that. Because how many times have I, have I ignored that voice? Right. Well, that yeah. might happen in healthcare issues too. You know, you might go and talk to a doctor that's really telling you the right things, the truth. And you might have a stubborn will, you know, like, well, he says I have to get glasses and contacts. I really don't want to do that. I don't really want to have a hearing aid. 
I don't really want to take a blood thinner. But sometimes, you know, when you ask God to lead, sometimes he leads through others as well. That's right. And sometimes yeah. the Holy Spirit works that way. So just keep an open mind as we go through life together. And let's keep encouraging each other. Um, we love to hear from you at our website. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love for you to pray for other people. Um, there's a host of ways you can get involved with HeartWise. That's right. And you can uh, pray for others and find more resources on our website at heartwiseministries.org and also at biblicalprescriptions.com forward slash podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. And we look forward to talking with you again soon where we'll learn more about getting well and going home.